Now Playing Podcast is brought to you in part by the Family Heart Center. Is it time for that big operation? This may be the most important decision of your life. So come down and talk to one of our qualified surgeons. Here at the Family Heart Center, we feature the complete Jarvik line. Series 7 Sports Heart by Jensen. Yamaha, you pick the heart. Extended warranties, financing, qualifies for health tax credit. And remember, we care. The Family Heart Center. I'd buy that for a dollar. All Detroit has a cancer. The cancer is crime. We need a 24-hour-a-day police officer. A cop who doesn't need to eat or sleep. A cop with superior firepower and the reflexes to use it. It gives me great pleasure to introduce you to the future of law enforcement. You call me RoboCop. This is now playing's RoboCop retrospective series. I like it! Hosted by Arnie. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Jacob. If you just talk things out with people instead of firing that big gun of his. And Stuart. You're perfect. I must have you. Their prime directives are serve the public trust, provide detailed plot spoilers, and use harsh language. Bad language makes for bad feelings. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, yeah. Go get him, boy. Today we're discussing Robocop, Prime Directives, Resurrection. Unlikely. (laughs) Did you at least watch this one on one speed? I can't remember. I did watch it all. I will put right now, I saw this one and Crash and Burn because I knew that if I turned it off, I would never go back. And I would never watch the last episode. So I did just push through and watch the whole three hours to get it over with. Oh, I thought you were just so, like, anticipating how it all turned out. Yeah, that wait. too, right? How's, how's it going to end? Starring Paige Fletcher, Morris Dean Wint, Maria Del Mar, Jaron Wayne Davies, Leslie Hope, and directed by Julian Grant. This is Arnie, the host of Now Playing, and I'm off warranty. Mm, Stewart in L.A. And this is your part man, part machine, all podcasting host, Jacob, and I think I'm just going to... Go take a nap, guys, and reboot for most of this recording session. (laughs) Can I do that, too? That's what the RoboCops do. Oh, my God. There's so much lying around here. I think they spent all their money in the big chase scenes and shootouts of the last one because I was praising the last one for being all action, balls to the wall. All right, maybe one ball. Okay, you're overselling now. (laughs) Yeah, come on. At best, Lance Armstrong ball to the wall, but no. (laughs) But... It looks like they had to balance out the budget. Yeah, this one is going to be back a little bit more in the talky direction for at least half the movie. I figured they just, they're like, guys, we got to keep these suits for two more films. They got to last. Can't have any of that jumping into lakes and jumping out windows this time. You're just going to sit down. And I want to just punch a hole. If we were, had any doubt up to this point, that these were four separate movies. This is the one that announces for yes. sure. You could not watch this one as a standalone. You could not come into this 
just watching Resurrection and know what the hell is going on. They pick up essentially seconds after the last one. And if you haven't seen them, and I hope you haven't, you would not know what's going on. If you have seen them, you may not know what's going on. But you definitely, you most certainly would not know what the fuck was going on if you were watching this as your introduction to Prime Directives. And with that in mind, I guess you better tell them what does go on, Arnie. Give them the plot. OCP is undergoing a period of change. After all the board members died of simultaneous heart attacks, Damien Lowe is promoted to president, and he promotes his longtime rival, Sarah Cable, to executive VP. Not that he trusts Sarah, he still has surveillance watcher every move. Damien is continuing to promote his saint system, now coming online to take control of all functions of the OCP tower. Sarah, meanwhile, is still on the hunt to destroy Robocop, as well as her newest renegade cyborg creation and ex-husband, Robo Cable. <laughs> it's just kind of hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to invent one cyborg to kill another. Oh, wait, now i got to kill two cyborgs. This one, this chick. I really do hope Robo Cable kills her in the next one, but I know that he doesn't because I've seen it. <laughs> she reveals to James Murphy that she has been aiding him for years and now promotes him putting him in charge of the RoboCop task force, though he knows RoboCop was made from his father's remains. But James may not have to do much as RoboCop is beaten up pretty badly from his fight with System Support in the last film, and as the movie starts, System Support has reinforced and descend. RoboCop is in no condition to fight, so Cable holds them off single-handedly as long as he can. While Cable is fighting, RoboCop is taken for repairs by Anne, the tech thief from the last movie. Cable is about to go down when he's rescued by an invisible assailant, David <laughs> K. Dick. No, not Philip K. Dick. David K. Dick, a former OCP scientist whose research has him wanted and presumed dead. While Robocop is being repaired, he learns that K. Dick was a cult leader and Anne was a member and K. Dick's lover. K. Dick wants to unleash a virus called Legion that will destroy computers and flesh alike and Anne wants Robocop to help stop him. But that'll be more difficult as K-Dick has reprogrammed Cable, installing pain receptors in his nervous system to make Cable completely submissive to K-Dick's orders. Cable and K-Dick attack Anne's base, and they're all ambushed by system support. It's a big fight that goes on, but K-Dick kidnaps Jordan, Anne's daughter that he fathered. See, alright, he put the Legion virus in Jordan so it could learn human physiology and destroy flesh. You know there's poisons that can do that, too. You don't have to make it some kind of cyborgian virus, but whatever. You do if you want to destroy the computers and the people. <laughs> what is this, the Matrix? <laughs> if only. And does look like Carrie Ann Moss, doesn't she? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did get a carry on Moss Vibe here from the Matrix. And this plot is almost as bad as a Matrix sequel, yes. <laughs> <laughs> almost. So now K-Dick needs Jordan to release the virus. But Robocop crashes in at the last second, preventing Legion from being uploaded into Saint's system. System support attacks again, but is defeated when Robocop and Cable team up. But Cable is ordered to leave by K-Dick, leaving only James Murphy to stop Robocop. But the younger Murphy cannot fire the EMP on his own father, and so the two hug it out bitches as they're reunited. <laughs> the worst scene in this horrible, horrible, horrible miniseries, I gotta say, coming at the end here. that That's one thing I can give this is, wow, what a moment for Jimmy at the end here. Father and son, woof. We'll get there, but now the listeners have something to look forward to.
So to start off, though, OCP, I mean, when we last left our villains, the entire board was killed in a pressure chamber. <laughs> I've heard of boardrooms referred to as a pressure chamber before, but that was always metaphorical. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's dead except Sarah. What I don't understand is why James and Sarah sat out that board meeting. Why weren't they part of the carnage there? Why wouldn't Damien want them all dead? It's really confusing. But when Damien is made president and he goes into that boardroom again, he starts saying, get rid of the kids table. And so I think it wasn't well defined in the first two movies but these guys were junior executives allowed to sit in the room with the big executives but they were at the kids table and now that they've killed all the real executives apparently they don't have to go to the shareholders or anything with nobody to make a decision damien fills the vacuum of power yeah i mean i maybe in canada they don't know how the stock market and shareholders and all that works i don't know i don't know why damien is the automatic like it's like killed everyone so i get to take over now like <laughs> people that hold shares in the company are going to have a voice in this matter he can't just elect himself king here but whatever that's that's what we're to mean is is that on the day of his firing he killed everyone else so by default at least for the interim, he gets to say what goes. And since Saint is going online in a couple days anyway, uh, that's all the time he needs. It's just, as an adult watching this, a working professional adult, it just bugs me. There's no paperwork. There's no HR department saying he was fired. Why is he not CEO? Why is he now called president? It's all infuriatingly stupid from anyone who's ever held a temp position, let alone anyone who's been an executive. You're screaming at the TV. This is not how it works. I, I think anybody should be doing that anyway, but obviously, if you're one of the people that aren't excited, basically anyone over the age of 18, yeah, you probably shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> you're going to have an instantaneous heart attack. I might, before we get through with this. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have Lex Icon there to revive you. <laughs> and of course, Damien is made president, and so he takes Sarah. Sarah who wouldn't include him in her little secret cabal in episode one or for movie one or whatever you want to call speaking, it. Speaking, yeah, speaking of a secret cabal, is there an uprising in this film where they try to take over, where they try to oust Damien? No. Three films yeah. in, the trust, don't put your trust in them. They're not doing anything. They were there to justify a password, basically. They were the way that James learned that Robocop was his father. And you're right, they're not in the rest of this. It's kind of shocking, but yeah, whatever she was plotting with those people, maybe they were in the boardroom when it all went down, but they're gone. They're gone from the story. And it's Sarah versus Damien fighting for power-ish? It's really difficult <laughs> to know who wants to do what and who we're supposed to be rooting for to do it. Is Sarah the good guy? Is Damien, by default, the bad guy? Sarah cannot be the good guy. She had no. her own ex-husband killed in the first one. So instantly she is a villain. And okay. Damien is named Damien. So, and he killed the entire boardroom. So right. he is a villain. So OCP is the villain and Robocop is the hero. It's 
the lone wolf cop against the corporation. I mean, except there's two RoboCops. Yeah, RoboCable is the hero, and RoboCop is his broken uh, former self here. I mean, I think about the movie Black Hole. Did you ever see that one where there was like the cool C3PO that was called Vincent, and then there was like old Bob, and old Bob was like, oh, and he couldn't quite go as fast, and at the end he's like, oh, Vincent, you'll have to go without me. That's kind of what RoboCop is in this series. He's old Bob. I just don't understand why if Damien has such a fear of sarah why he makes her the second in command didn't you see what he said into his little uh pen that he talks to keep your friends close and your enemies closer like that is that's the only justification okay so he's heard a quote from the art of war but and he spoke it into his pen with a walkie talkie antenna (laughs) i can never tell if he's on the phone or if it's just him like Doing memos, voice memos on there. I think he actually has a pen and he's pantomiming and it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> but, right. He doesn't have any long-term plans for Sarah, He, but she can exist for the moment until he gets Saint up and running. And Sarah is this mysterious character who we didn't even mention. We were so disinterested in James Murphy's story in part one. But in the first movie, James Murphy is receiving secret messages that i honestly thought were from his dad saying things like beware new friends and things like that telling him to be careful that wasn't obvious that it was from sarah the whole time i i didn't know that was supposed to be a big reveal in this film like it says a friend sent these messages and then she introduces herself to jimmy saying you know she wants to be a friend like i thought it was i didn't know this was supposed to be a big reveal it was and yet she doesn't seem to want to tell him like she makes him break into the system to find out what she could have just as easily said hey do you know that uh your dad is the prototype for robocop i mean it it didn't have to be this complicated for james to figure out what's going on we're to believe that sarah has manipulated his rise to power which I'm not sure how far he's risen. He basically has to go and do temp work. I mean, <laughs> they have him going to, like, close out Cable's office after he gets shot. I thought that that would be something a secretary could do. But she has saw his rise to power so that she can use him for her plot, which is, again, what? We now? still is, don't know. We don't is know. Is she going to put him in a robot suit? I, 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 Maybe he can be the cyborg to kill the cyborg that was to kill the cyborg. <laughs> Let me just say, Stuart, you know how this thing ends. I, I know it doesn't end this way, but watching it this time, I would so go with this being a passing of the mantle. Because like you said, RoboCop is old Bob who can't go on if it ends with son of RoboCop to continue the fight. Yeah, yeah, I, I could have, I, I, no, I couldn't have gone with it, but I could have foreseen that. I'll agree with you. That would, seems like a plausible way of wrapping up this miniseries. But, uh, for whatever reason, she says business is war. That is her only justification for keeping James close to her. Meanwhile, even though he's calling her an ungrateful cow, Damien is keeping Sarah on as well. There's a lot of people that don't trust each other in OCP. I think you're right. We're not supposed to like any of them. They're all bad, and we're wanting to see robots come in and save the day. And the real moral dilemma of Resurrection is, has Sarah corrupted James Murphy to that point? Because he now knows Robocop's his daddy. His daddy is somewhat alive, but yet he is put in charge of system support to go kill RoboCop and kill his father. 
We have no indication to believe that he has any love for him. There doesn't seem to be any conflict. He seems more than comfortable to assert that, yes, he, if anything, has a grudge for his dad not being there. And we'll get that again in that fantastic, (laughs) tearful monologue at the end is that he, uh, yeah, he would definitely be willing to pull the trigger if his stormtroopers could aim. (laughs) (laughs) And before we leave OCP, I do want to mention Saint. (laughs) (laughs) saint is now online this has been this background story ever since i still love your description Stuart, of it though the washing machine animation from part one yeah it's 40 percent. i want to add 40 percent, and he's ready to just kick it upstairs and put it in uh, and uh, high play would you get in a plane that's 40 percent working would you get in a car that's 40 percent going to get you to where you want to go i mean really this man this single man is rushing a prototype type into going into place within a matter of days and it's only 40 percent it's building automation it needs to close the windows and turn on the lights (laughs) (laughs) can i just say as much as i enjoyed the fact that when they do that demonstration and it kills a window washer shouldn't saint be able to clean the windows is that part of his contract that he doesn't do windows it doesn't kill a window washer it activates an Activision graphic to fall. <laughs> that is the absolute. I don't know what we're seeing next week, but whatever it is, no effect will look worse than this quote window washer. I, I gotta say, automation. Uh, the whole time they're giving it voice commands. That's not automation to me. If you're building an AI, shouldn't it know when to close the windows? Shouldn't it know there's a, you know, Mario's out there all pixelated <laughs> washing the windows? And- it should be able to do the windows. I mean, if it's going to be doing everything in people's lives and no one's going to have any jobs anymore because everything is going to be done for them, then there would be no need to have somebody out there on the scaffolding. But I don't think that's what automation does. I mean, you have to install a sprinkler system of windex to spray the windows is that impossible in this i mean on this budget sure but i (laughs) i think that if you're going to let it run everything else in a city the air that people breathe the barometric pressure in every room i think that yeah it could probably wipe off some dirt (laughs) on a window i just uh, you know without streaking i think you need at least a roomba that it can do the windows with <laughs> whatever it takes i just love the fact that they talks that's all that he needs he's like oh it talks great all right good enough yeah it's it's got those plasma balls that is saint like yeah. something you could buy at spencer's gift for 9.99 <laughs> that is the representation of saint in this film You never see the floor, but I have to think somebody put gaffer tape one foot radius around it, because if you got too close, it would be drawn to you like those Spencer balls. You know, I was very excited when Coke Machines could talk in 1989. I have to believe in this bizarro 2000 world, you would want more from your automated system than it (laughs) saying, hello, Dave, and, you know, acting like Hal. I just... This is, again, it's just foreshadowing how badly it's going to go once Saint goes online. And yet it still has that baby chomping face that looks like <laughs> the love spawn of the cyber sex scene we're going to be discussing in a few weeks with Lawnmower Man. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's, it is wetting my appetite for some bad king, I got to say. <laughs> I do want to compliment Damien on one upgrade he did i i do again i find the compliments where i could hand them out so here's the obligatory one going back to MediaNet, i do like MediaNet 2.0 where it's supposed to be sexier now the actresses they got 
not much higher than a six, maybe a seven. <laughs> but I, I like the idea that, yes, we're going to sex up the news now. There's that one who I keep thinking she doesn't have eyeballs because she tilts her head so far back that it looks like there's just empty sockets sometimes. Bunny Bustamente or Ricky O? Ricky O, by the way, I don't know. Did you ever see that movie? It's a bloody kung fu prison movie. I think they're referencing a, a film that they'd like to be considered in the same league as and not quite. But meanwhile, during all of this, RoboCop and RoboCable, it starts off with them fighting system support. And you know what? I'm going to give it a half backhanded compliment. There are some scenes in this fight that could be cool. Like when RoboCable takes a system support guy and throws it at another one who's holding a buzzsaw and the first guy gets impaled on it. That could be cool. If they had the budget to show it to us instead of keeping it at like five candle lumens of light. You think it's a budget thing? I thought that it was just poorly lit. I, I blame the cinematographer. But you're right. Maybe they're just covering up the fact that they couldn't make it cool. Yeah, I think that if they had the budget, we would have seen that buzzsaw tear into the flesh and the guy go <laughs> as the saws blurting blood everywhere. I mean, they even hide it beneath a beam. I think we're in a point of view shot of a bird in a high rise that's under construction looking down at the fight. Yeah, this is where all pretense that these are four separate films are dropped. I mean, this film opens up right where the last one dropped off. You got Robocop stumbling along with RoboCable, and the fight goes on. Like, I tolerated it in the last film. Now that i got to watch another, what, 15 minutes of it. And this they could have cut a lot of this out, and you get the introduction of K-Dick. You know, the, you get this Sith lightning, and old Detroit belongs to me. I really feel, okay, there's the cliffhanger for the last film, but I guess that one you already hit your 90-minute mark on, so we'll just toss it into this one. They could have cut out the reporter with the robot ass lines to get to this point earlier, but I was surprised system support came back. When they were walking off into the moonlight last time, they will be coming for us. I thought that was a very vague reference to OCP. I didn't realize they meant those people we just beat are going to come back. Yeah, and I definitely feel like if there was more of that fight, stick it in the last movie. That last movie should have been a conclusion to that fight. And you're right, these are better fights, so why wouldn't you want that happening? Why wouldn't you want the sledgehammer and chainsaw bit the last time instead of that eternal slow motion that was just painful? I mean, here they have rain and motorcycles. Put that in the last movie. End it with a decisive victory for these robots here, but... They're just dragging. I mean, we all know that this should not be four movies long. And yeah, they're just doing it because, well, I don't know, maybe it's an exciting way to kick off. Because if we didn't have this, there would be no action in this movie at all. It's just continuing the fact of how this fight ebbs and wanes. Because Robocop is, I think, dying. It says his system efficiency is down. I, and he acts like he's dying. I just think he's inefficient. I mean, I work with a lot of inefficient people, but they still live. <laughs> he's died in every movie. They'll plug him in. They'll tweak a few knobs, and he'll come up and be just fine. I mean, does anyone actually think that Murphy is dying? No, the suit is failing. The mechanics are failing. Again, old Bob. Oh, he's going to fall over. I, I'm not confused this time. Last time, I'm like, I can't tell the difference between RoboCable and RoboCop. This time, I know any time that a robot is fighting someone, it's RoboCable. <laughs> Because RoboCop <laughs> is laying on the ground saying things like, I don't know how much long I, I can keep going. Indeed. I don't know how much longer I can keep going. 
Well, when RoboCop is saved by Anne, that I kind of was shocked. I didn't know we'd see Anne and Jordan again. I thought Anne repaid her debt by trying to help RoboCop the last time. I thought they were of that last episode and done. So when she's back, I'm like, okay. And that's where I also got this movie does not stand alone. Then again, I don't think that makes it any more miniseries than The Desolation of Smog, but... Or Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> that was our problem with that one, at least for Stuart and myself. So she comes back and takes him, and Cable gets defeated too, which I didn't see coming. He seemed like the upgrade, he drove back system support last time, but this time he can take all of their biggest guns, but you bring out that sledgehammer and he's screwed. <laughs> and he has to be saved by this mysterious stranger, and... More than any other time thus far in Prime Directives, I'm intrigued. Who is this new player who says, you need my permission to come into old Detroit and shoots lightning? I don't know who this person is. I'm curious. And then we find out it's K-Dick. Oh, come on. His <laughs> lines are so campy. I am not intrigued. I'm annoyed. Yeah, Arnie, every time that you express this optimism for a future that, that could be presented to you, I wonder if you've seen or remembered anything that has happened before. I mean, there's no reason to hope that this mystery is going to resolve itself into something pleasant. But yeah, I agree. I'm wondering what the fuck is going on when the lightning storm comes in and we hear a voice resembling Star Trek V going, I'm going to get you! And the actor that's playing this, I'm like, I feel like I know him. I thought it was Rudger Hauer for a little bit, but like with some weight on him. And it takes long for them to say what his name is. So I just start calling him Roy Fatty. I mean, I'm just like, because it's like Blade Runner. I'm just like, oh, Roy Fatty. For the rest of this, I'm just like, okay, Roy Fatty is this movie's bad guy. We talk about each time they introduce a new baddie. And so, you know, Roy Fatty is, is the baddie for part three. And so K-Dick, who has a horrible, horrible name. And I know what they're going for, but you've named him K-Dick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not thinking about sci-fi at this point. <laughs> was this really supposed to be a Philip K-Dick reference? Because I thought it was a dick joke. It works in both levels equally, which is to say that it doesn't. But yes. <laughs> and K-Dick is a nihilistic anarchist who just wants to destroy the entire planet. Is that kind of his plot? Sigh. He's an extreme evolutionist, so he's going to kill everyone and then see what lives, but the plot's to kill everyone, so no, nothing's going to live. He might have used to work for OCP, but now OCP considers him a danger because of his extreme methods. And again, I think I can get behind a villain if I understand what they want to achieve, but if you're going to give me this kind of, I just want to kill everyone and it's going to take this complicated virus I stuffed into a child to do it, ugh. No. I just don't know how a computer virus is going to get into humans. I don't either. I, I don't know, Arnie. You're a programmer. Explain it to me. There's got to be some science behind this. About the same way you can build a RoboCop. You you can't. I don't see any way. The only way that you're going to get a virus from a computer is if the last person who used that computer didn't wash their hands. So I don't know exactly how this is going to happen. That said, it's revealed that Anne has chips in her head if everybody is slightly cybernetic. That could be a way in. Which they haven't introduced. Yeah, yeah, everyone isn't. Those women are cybernetic because they used to be his girls. Roy Fatty tweaked them that way. There's a scene where Robocop, you know, touches her little augmentation where her Google glasses are and said, who did this to you? It was Roy Fatty. I did find it intriguing that if they were going to bring Anne back... <laughs> 
to tie her to K Dick's story. Intriguing, like intriguing. Tell me more. Well, my actual level of intrigue was this: Did they know when they were writing episode two that there would be an episode three with K Dick and that Anne would be connected to him, and thus? The entire reason for having Anne in the first one is to set up a tie to this plot in the third one? Or did they just go, well, we have this character Anne. What do you want to do with her? No, I think this is all tightly plotted out And when they were writing these four separate movies. I mean, you, you think they had the budget to do one film and then... Oh, no, I think they filmed them all at once. I'm just questioning if the writer did two drafts or just made it up as he went along. <laughs> no, there was no second draft with any of these. There's no second takes, no second light on the set. No, this is all first run. Yeah, and now that I'm really starting to see the scope of this, I feel like the plot for this Prime Directives really didn't kick in until the last one. There's almost nothing about the first one other than the setup of who is who uh, that matters, that whole Cable-Murphy relationship that never existed in any Robocop before. But other than that, the plot is really about Kadic and Saint and him trying to get the virus into Saint, you should have introduced all of this earlier. I really feel like if they knew that they were going to have these characters, Anne could have come in the first movie, Kadic could have at least come in in the second movie, that they thought that we had the patience to wait three hours before we're going to find out what's actually going on is generous to a fault. It comes down to I don't think they have enough Kadic story to fill four movies, which then begs the question, and this is very rhetorical, do we need four movies? I mean, if the... the (laughs) Arnie, you're the one who was emailing the director. Why are there four movies? Because they're, yeah, watch, having seen all of these, there's barely three movies worth of material here. That's stretching it. It shouldn't be four. I don't know why four. It seems pretty arbitrary. It's what they did, is eight hours of television, however you want to look at bundling that. But... That is the thing, is if these four movies were good, we'd want eight. And if these four movies aren't good, we want zero. So you pick four movies. If that is the main plot, you're right. They just established some characters, did a little world building in that first one, and then it really kicks off. It's like the Star Trek motion pictures. The first episode kind of stands alone, and then two, three, and four form a trilogy. And in this trilogy, apparently these cybernetic women thieves also are master cyborg rebuilders and reprogrammers because they find something in robocop no one has ever noticed before he has a deactivated circuit yeah but this is all bullshit yeah he's got this deactivated it's a lobe it's a whole part of his brain and this is your brain on whatever what does it activate he has visions of his death which he had in the first film. Like, he has seen his death. He has replayed that. This isn't new information. I guess, well, this is now 2000, and it's a reboot, so I guess, yes, it's probably best to forget those better movies, but this this isn't anything new. Hold on, I'd like to just give him credit. That was footage from RoboCop 1! Yeah, yeah I, I am shocked that they had the money to license that, but Orion was oh, bankrupt. Oh, they didn't. They didn't. Um, they asked Orion... <laughs> <It's bootleg. laughs> they asked Orion for footage from the first one, and Orion said, no, absolutely not, or whoever, MGM, I guess it was. And then they realized, hey, we own all the footage from the TV series, and the TV series licensed this footage from one and had colored it blue, so they had to use the blue recolored TV series reused footage. 
I stood to attention. It worked. I was lounging. My eyes were wandering around the room. And then when I... Your finger was fondling the fast-forward button. <laughs> yes, I was definitely thinking about it. But when I actually saw characters I remember liking, yeah, I, I jumped to attention. I was like, oh, wait, but... oh, And it's gone. But, yeah, it was a, a callback. It, you know, it succeeds in getting RoboCop to scream and fall over again so we can see more of him incapacitated, lest he look like a hero in this one or something. He doesn't look like a hero in any of these, so they're just sticking with the theme. Well, I'm trying to figure out what this lobe was. I, again, my endless optimism. My wife thinks I'm a pessimist, but apparently I am a hopeless optimist. When it comes to shitty movies, and you yeah, are the most optimistic yeah. person ever. <laughs> to a fault. I'm thinking they're going to turn a corner now. We're going to get a RoboCop we've never gotten before. We're going to get all his emotions back, all his memories back. That's kind of what they hint. We only see his death, because that's all they can afford. But I think now he's a more human RoboCop. Not that you'd get it from the performance or the writing or the story, but I think that's what they you were going for. just made it up. Arnie, we need to turn that lobe of your brain off. <laughs> I think that if we could actually get into your cranium and flip that switch, we'd never have to watch any of these sequels again. We'd be cured of the whole, let's watch the Turkish TV movie version <laughs> that we have to do. I would never have to sit through another Prime Directives again, if only I could find that lobe. The optimistic lobe? Yes. The one that the need to believe that the next one could redeem it all. You know, it, it is what it is. I have signed on to now playing and, and away we go. Shall we finish up here with resurrection? <laughs> Meanwhile, Robo Cable is also being rebuilt by Kadic. If I was watching a better movie, I'd think they were going for some kind of doppelganger parallelism. Yeah, they're all being resurrected. I guess that's as much as the title means here. And they both have these switches in their head. Uh, Robocop has a frontal lobe that has memories. And now there's a Svengali switch in uh, Robocable that means that he has to do everything that Kadex says. Am I the only person, and I have just rewatched Twin Peaks, so maybe it's me. Don't drag Twin Peaks into this. <laughs> Yeah, for real. I was getting a strong Wyndham Earl vibe off of K-Dick here. The way he calls him Mr. Cable and uses the pain to control him really reminds me of how Leo was kept with that pain collar for Wyndham Earl. Yeah, that's just you. I think what that means is we should be doing a Twin Peaks retrospective right now. <laughs> Maybe some David Lynch. I'd be so down for that. But no, Arnie, let's not talk about something good. <laughs> let's talk about this movie. I'm talking about the Wyndham Earl episodes. I'm not talking about anything good. I would do Fire Walk with me rather than this. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely agree that, that David Lynch on his worst day runs rings around the best moment in this miniseries but here we are I, you know what does happen in this <laughs> I, 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 it all becomes about getting the girl back that's what we'll learn is that Kadic now has a servant who's RoboCable and together they're going to go reclaim the virus which we'll find out lives inside Jordan I guess there had to be a reason why we had that little girl and you're right Arnie you called it out I thought that he, she was going to pal around with RoboCop but no she's just a vessel for holding the MacGuffin I forget she's there a lot of the time, and I wonder if Canada has the same rules for children filming and they just didn't have her around a lot of the time because they talk about her, but you very rarely see her. And when you do see her, she's off alone with her automo teddy bear, who I know is evil because he's like, let's play hide and go seek. Tell me where you are and I'll find you. <laughs> That's not how you play. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, that confused me too. It's like, no, you hide and then you search for me. I don't just tell you. Right. And then he's like, come and find me. This thing can't walk on its own. Come outside and find me. Like, huh? You're holding it. You found it. <laughs> and if you don't figure it out by then, K-Dick actually appears on the Teletubby belly and she's, hi, daddy. So we now have that wrapped up for us. Yes, I suspect that would have been very suspenseful right before the commercial break it went into. Right. Yeah, that's a, a big plot twist. If I cared about Anne, I would be stunned that she would, you know, shack up with someone like K-Dick. But it now all makes air quote sense. And uh, we can have the climax really kick into motion. There's a climax? Yeah, get the girl, get the virus, and then get it to Saint. I mean, that's where it's all going for really the rest of the whole three hours ahead of us. But... Unlike the last one where the action really started about midway, even though we'd had a little bit before and goes through the end, here it's reduced to a half-hour fight sequence at the end. I guess they spent all their money with the motorcycles in the rain in Act 1, and it then becomes almost a replay, though, because Cable comes in, and I thought we had our RoboCop versus RoboCable fight in the last one. I really wanted to see something new versus these two. I didn't want to see the same beats. We've seen them shoot each other. Guess what? Their guns don't hurt each other. <laughs> Although I must say, I kind of thought it was cool when RoboCable tries to kill the two women, and RoboCop shoots his bullet, calculating the trajectory to... No, no, Arnie! That's a cool Matrix-like shot. No, no. Matrix-like? Uh, Rip-off, yes. It's... Yeah, filmed with tin cans on strings. I mean, come on, this is... It doesn't look good. It's just a nice concept. People thought the curved bullet and wanted was ridiculous. That, that's got nothing on this. <laughs> it, it is the moment, I will say this, it is the one moment that tipped my hat into realizing what Anne was supposed to be. It was at that moment that I went, oh, that's a Matrix ripoff. Oh, wait a minute, Anne is supposed to be Trinity. That's hilarious. <laughs> I thought she was Tank Girl. <laughs> is that why, okay, so before this big climax... There is this scene that I, I don't know what's going on. Oh, th that's awesome. It's all red, red yes. drapes everywhere. The red candle room. Anne is doing Tai Chi. <laughs> Look, I know nothing about martial arts, but I do know that Tai Chi and martial arts are about body movement. She's flailing her arms in the candlelight <laughs> is what she is doing. There is no muscle control at all to this performance. I do not believe that she could chop sake a stick of butter. This is embarrassing for Anne that she's supposed to be set up here as a killer in this candlelight moment. And Robocop's turn on yeah what is it she's like in a gown doing this yeah and robo's like standing there watching her i'm like is he gonna bone her like is this gonna be a love story nothing ever happens how can you tell if he's turned on does his nose grow i mean seriously <laughs> he kind of cocks his head and he's staring at they're playing this off as a romance scene i think there's no payoff for it just like so many things in this series but i, I don't even know why this scene's in here except we gotta hit 90 minutes well, he is missing a wife at this point. It's pointed out they've thrown her in, in and out. There's been a callback to the dead wife. We've seen her gravesite. We are reminded that Robocop has been 10 years without a lover, but it's also filled in the gap here. Lex and Abby actually say it. Rocket Boy is in love here. So if you were picking up that vibe, it's explicitly stated by the girls observing him, observing her do that terrible, terrible Tai Chi. Was he not, not going to help them until he fell in love with her here? Like... 
I don't even know why this scene's here. I feel like it would justify later if they agreed to be parents. We'll get into it in the next movie. I Like I said, I skipped ahead. I've seen the next movie. I have some half-baked thoughts on what this might all mean. We'll discuss it next time. I'm intrigued. <laughs> don't be. <laughs> well, well, back to Robocop's magic bullet theory. Does that shot so impress Cable that his conditioning is lost and he then joins RoboCop's side? Because he goes, nice shot, and then they turn and fight system support together. I do not understand Cable. I do not know why RoboCop keeps calling him and trying to friend him when it, every time Cable shows up, Cable tries to kill him. <laughs> Sending robo-friend requests. But seriously, even in the off moments, he's in the chair. He's like, what about Robo Cable? I'm like, I think that that might be a, a love triangle that's happening here. His love for Cable and his love for Anne. I don't know why they fight each other, except that they seem to, it seems to be contractual that every movie they must shoot at each other. And then at some point they must join hands and, and run off into the sunset together. It's maddening. Yeah, half this fight is them pointing their guns at each other, just standing still, while Jimmy should be firing the EMP and ending this movie. Yes, that's right. Once this is introduced, I mean, this is a huge, huge contraption. That This, this is the end-all, be-all, right? If we have a device that can kill every machine in the city, game over. It doesn't matter. Cyborg, Saint... Legion, whatever you are, Odomo Teddy Bear, it's all going down at a punch of a button. Well, okay. Yeah, why isn't he hitting that button if he wants to restore order? Why is that the backup plan and he's letting Carver shoot at him first? And there's something about Carver, I couldn't quite tell, but there was a turn there where Carver, maybe he just doesn't like to take orders, but all of a sudden he's considering killing Jimmy. Yeah, I think it's because he and Jimmy had some animosity because Jimmy's corporate and didn't have the fighting training and yet he's in charge but yeah he puts jimmy in his sights and i thought at that point would be the type carver goes down that like robocop would save his son but no just more action happens and distracts carver from his homicidal impulse to pursue another homicidal impulse Right. And the one compliment I'm going to give this one, very light, you know, <laughs> dabbing it on there with a sponge. But I thought it was cool that they gave RoboCop a, an old school car from Motor City Steel. I thought that that was a nice comparative that, oh, he's in old Detroit. He gets an old Detroit. I don't know what the car is. I couldn't tell. It was too dark. But, you know, <laughs> I thought that was right to put RoboCop in a badass car and have him drive out here to to continue the fight on wheels. I thought that was the right impulse to do here. I do agree that if this was a competent film, that would be badass. <laughs> yeah. Here, I'm just annoyed how long it takes to get there. Well, Carver does say, damn, damn, a lot. So I guess we're supposed to be as impressed as he is. <laughs> but then it's just a lot of zapping. I can't tell you how, I mean, stare at a bug light for 30 minutes, and you're going to have the same impact as watching this. There's so many tasers going down. Trinity's falling down, and then other people falling down. There's the cloaking. They're here. They're not there. Mannequins are being run over. It's a garble, garble of an action scene. Well, apparently it's very exciting as the entire OCP board is gathered to watch it happen on their big monitor. I don't know why now the whole board has a hard-on to kill RoboCop, but... And is the camera a gun? Like, there's a guy hanging out with James, and he's, like, holding it over his shoulder. It looks like a gun. I thought it was a gun, but apparently that's the camera. Because I keep saying, low battery, low battery. Yeah, I think it's a camera gun. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? We got helmet cams and dashboard cams. How far away are we from us? Yes, those are very small. Why do we need a camera gun? (laughs) 
Like, I don't think that thing shoots bullets. I think it's a camera shaped like a gun. Oh, I thought it actually shot bullets and was a camera. So it was a weapon that also gave eyes into it. But I'm going to give this movie another compliment. Oh, if you must. When Cable starts killing the systems people, and especially Cable versus Carver, finally we get some gore that I'm used to in a RoboCop film. Carver dies hard. Yeah, that's true. I, I, if that excites you, I, I, I guess it rouses. It, it hardly justifies, but yes, it's bloody at any rate. Bloodier than the last one. Although there was some blood in, in the very first one. I felt like we saw him shank somebody, and this is sort of a callback to that. And Anne fights K-Dick at the end, doing some kind of... Some kind of. <laughs> wannabe <laughs> wire foo. Mm, and Robocop doesn't really do much here at the end again oh come on he pulls out his kind of a darth vader impression come on james i want you to look into your father's eyes before you do it (laughs) well when the fight is all over and it's down to only james is left yes and i mean he does drive the car in and stop k dick from uploading the virus yeah yeah he he says forgive me like is because he's crashing into a church is that like the pun That's what I think. They say he's Catholic cop when he was Alex Murphy. Maybe he doesn't like ramming the church. I just don't like Robocop using puns. But, I mean, when it comes to the fight versus system support, he doesn't do much. He doesn't apprehend Kadek, because Kadek and Cable, they retreat willingly to get away. Well, Cable has no will of his own. He will be, you know, zapped by the Svengali switch if he resists but uh, my feeling is that at this point he would like to be hanging out with robocop but he's not allowed to play with him (laughs) and then finally yes the showdown between james murphy and robocop will james fire the emp and of course he won't (laughs) i mean there's not any question there and yeah the look into your father's face and see the bottle cap that's glued on his forehead i was sure that they were going to run off and go play baseball together but then i remembered it was canada and then i was really hoping they were going to do some curling but (laughs) we don't even get that they got baseball in canada do they yeah they got a couple major league teams how about hockey eh Yeah, yeah there you go Okay, yeah, I, d- I definitely felt like when it becomes this you weren't there for me tearful moment, who isn't laughing? I mean, yeah, I just... yeah you weren't there for me because you were dead. <laughs> like, you're seriously upset about your father because he was dead? Yeah. And I never thought Robocop could cry. He doesn't have, yeah, there's no way he has tear ducts. He doesn't sweat. He like... has to have some kind of tear ducts to moisten his eyes, right? His eyeballs won't work without moisture and lubricant. I don't think his eyeballs really work there. I don't know. He hasn't been eating his baby food. But yeah, he he blubbers. He's Robo Crybaby. Yeah, well, he cries alone. There's no emotion to this scene. I dare say anyone else would be. If you're crying, there are cheers of laughter. This is hilarious. This is the worst scene we're going to see in the entire series. I have no doubt that it is. I almost cried because I really thought that that reactivated lobe would play some role in this. I guess it just gave him the emotion to well up and have man tears. Oh, look at you trying to connect a dot there. Maybe, or maybe they just did that to waste some time. And it's 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 as functional as that secret cabal that lives in the basement that Sarah visited once. I think they were killed in the pressure chamber. 
Yeah, sure. You can write it that way. Why not? Why don't we help this movie along? It clearly needs some help walking. I don't even think it can crawl. Well, let's help this podcast along. Jacob Stewart, do you recommend RoboCop Prime Directive's Resurrection? Jacob. This is the low point for me thus far. This, if, if that second one, if Meltdown, it had some acceptable action. If it's a boring Saturday afternoon and I want something to play in the background and that's somewhat maybe kind of exciting as long as I'm not paying too much attention. This is the exact opposite of that where it really does feel like people are just sitting around most of this film. Like, Resurrection? You know what? Christ, he took three days to resurrect. This may be 90 minutes, but it felt a lot longer than three days. This is the worst so far. Again, another strong not recommend. Stuart. Pretty much of the same piece as Meltdown, which is, I guess, a way of saying Roboslop. Awful, completely terrible, but with ample sparking. If, if that's your excitement, you will see lots of sparking and sparkling. I really, at this point, I just kept wishing that I could just download this series in my head so that I wouldn't have to watch it in real time. That is the pain of it. It's not that anything that we're seeing is so awful it's unbearable. It's the amount of time it takes to watch it. I wish that I could just hit a button and know everything that was going to... Just wiki this. That's all you need to do. You certainly don't need to watch it. I can't imagine why you'd enjoy it, except... And I did have this theory. I wanted to end on as close to a positive note as I could. I wonder if, Arnie, if you were the age that you were when you saw The Incredible Hulk, if you wouldn't have some nostalgic love for this, because I asked the room, is this much worse than those Incredible Hulk TV movies? Yes. Is this, it is, is it? Really? Think about that. The crippled woman with that, the, he helped out on the farm. Have at thee, troll! I, I think I recommended two of those ones. I haven't recommended any of these. Okay. It's worse than Hulk, but not worse than when we were in the dregs of Captain America. And I watched Captain America over this. I, yeah, I, to me, the Ferrigno, Reb Brown, all of this stuff, it's like that. So I do recall that there are people that think that that's fun. <laughs> these are just as maddeningly awful to me as those films were. I, the only thing I can say that The Incredible Hulk film did, even at its worst, was they always made Lou Ferrigno a hero. And here, you better not like Robocop, because he's going to disappoint you. I mean... If you remember, we complained Hulk wasn't a hero when he was with Daredevil and Thor. I had forgotten that. Uh, repressed it, really. But okay, <laughs> then maybe it's exactly as bad. I mean, all I know is Robocop is living down to every expectation that he's outdated. They really just do not want to sell him as the star of this series. And it is just continues to be a strong, strong not recommend if you liked that first movie. It will just break your heart. Stuart, a little bad news. They can't wiki this. I've checked. There's no plot summaries. Even on the Robocop Wikipedia site, an entire wiki... <laughs> Devoted to nothing but RoboCop, there's no plot summaries. Well, well, Arnie, Wiki, anyone could update that, and you have your plot summaries. I'm looking to you. Yeah. Maybe it's best to let it all get forgotten. And I'm thinking the only reason you'd ever watch this is if you like it and are just not very discerning. You know, if you're kind of just consume all RoboCop, you're here for this, and... If you're watching this while you're very, very young, you probably shouldn't be because there is a lot of gore and the boobies in the last one. But this one, I'm so fed up. Only three movies in with the monotonous repetitiveness of the storytelling. And the action in it isn't very good. But 
it just keeps hammering at you. I can't decide if it's a plus or minus. I'm going to have to leave that judgment till after the fourth one that there is so much action. I mean, compared to the first one, I disagree with you, Jacob, that this is the low point. I still think that first one's the low point where they tried to get these low-rent actors to try to carry a story and get us to care about their people. I think it's a better choice to keep the action as much as you can. This one is 35 minutes of action instead of 55, but... It's still quite a bit of fighting going on, but I just wish that they'd change it up. It doesn't need to be RoboCop versus RoboCable round two and three in this one. We had them get together. He showed him the home movies and they were buddies. We didn't need to replay it now that he's a slave. If we did, there needs to be more pathos to that. I don't want to hurt my friend, but I'm being tortured. Something. It just is all so repetitive and then yeah when they try to get emotional it doesn't work either it's a not recommend and i'm starting to feel like one of the worst things we've ever reviewed isn't it no i still remember aviator no i I, I will watch that repeatedly yes repeatedly i'm still on i would watch eight hours of this before three hours of aviator I'd watch nine hours of Aviator before I watched another hour of it. I'll say that the action scenes here are better than the plane crash in Aviator. Which is ridiculous yeah. and wrong. <laughs> and just you not being able to admit that you were wrong uh, about the Aviator. This is easily, easily, easily one of the most... Because it's the longest. I think that's really what it is. Again, it's the time that it's taking that makes it all the more excruciating. If they had cut this down to two hours, three hours, even four hours... Okay, it's terrible, but I wouldn't want to kill it. But (laughs) by being one of the longest, it has become one of the most agonizing. The fact that we have one more quote-unquote film, air quotes again, to review here, depressing. Just really depressing that we have to go through these motions. You know, that's the irony here is they want to say that, you know, being a robot's awful, doing things without thinking is awful. I don't know how any other way to get through this. (laughs) Well, uh, apparently... Stuart, you need to lobotomize that frontal lobe of mine that has optimism because I'm still going to put the hope out there (laughs) that part four can resurrect this whole thing to make it worth it because there are glimmers of hope. There are seedlings in this vast desert that could sprout into a crop of good storytelling. What, we'll finally get to see RoboCable use his dual targeting system? Yeah. I want to just remind you that this was the one called Resurrection. Next time, it's called Crash and Burn. I think it will live up to that title. <laughs> I just, maybe Saint will save us all. So, Saints preserve us next time. Until then, Jacob Stewart, thank you for joining me. I'm so glad we had this chance to dialogue. Excuse me. I have to go. Somewhere there is a crime happening. Thank you for joining us for Now Playing's RoboCop Retrospective Series. Bitches leave. Dead or alive, you're going to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week for a new movie review podcast. You have 20 seconds to comply. While there, join our forums to discuss this review with other listeners. Dead or alive, you are coming with me. 
So give me your money and all of it, and don't fuck with me! Your support helps keep Dow playing on the air. The line's open, waiting for your pledge. You can find a link to donate using PayPal at the bottom of our homepage, nowplayingpodcast.com. Well, we need all the help we can get, young man. <laughs> it's only money. You can also find a link to our Cafe Press store where you can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, teddy bears, and much more. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> now Playing is edited by Heath, Phil, Dylan, and Arnie. They'll fix you. They fix everything. Now Playing credit narration by Brock. Keep him talking. The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Inganza Media Incorporated. Though you may think you're having fun now, you only hurt the one you love. The movies discussed in this series are the properties of their respective trademark holders, and no infringement is intended. It's a free society. Except there ain't nothing free, because there's no guarantees, you know? <laughs> you're on your own. <laughs> there's a lot of jungle. <laughs> Now Playing is not affiliated with Orion Pictures, Metro, Goldwyn, Mayer, Columbia Pictures, Fireworks Entertainment, or any other creative entity involved with these films. We did what we had to do. Now Playing is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2014, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Okay, let's get out of here. Good night, sweet prince. Why Roy Fatty? Because Roy Batty was Radger Hauer's name in Blade Runner. Okay, so why? And this one's fat. <laughs> he is fat. Is yes. is he's not that fat? He's pretty fat. He's fatter than Rutger Howard in Blade Runner. Okay, but he's not obese. He's got a couple chins. I think you're, he's yeah. gained, I think you're he's gained a lot of weight guy. since that vampire cop show that he used to star in. What was that called? Forever Night. Who is this guy you keep referring to? Is he an actor I should know? Garrett Wynn Davies is the star of Forever Night. You love your 90s syndicated sci-fi. <laughs> Don't you remember the vampire cop in Canada? That was him? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm telling you, he gained weight. <laughs> I only know this guy from American Psycho 2. You saw that? <laughs> of course That's I That's the one did. with the girl, right? The girl yuppie? I'm a Mila Kunis fan. Jeez. <laughs> oh. I would never have to sit through another Prime Directives again if only I could find that lobe. The optimistic lobe? Yes. The one that the need to believe that the next one could redeem it all. Hey, God damn it! Varen von Strucker is going to be in the next Avengers film. If we hadn't watched David Hasselhoff, we wouldn't know who he is. <laughs> I, I, I somehow doubt they're going to build off that continuity. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be best to not have that in our heads. But you know, it, it is what it is. I have signed on to now playing, and and away we go. Shall we finish up here with Resurrection? <laughs>